Good morning, everybody. Looks like it's at the top of the hour. This is pharmacist Keith Abel with the Campaign for Nutrition, Health, and Wellness Hour. Uh, we have Dr. Joel Wallach, as always, and today we're going to be discussing the good food, bad foods. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Keith Abel. I am a practicing pharmacist. I have been practicing pharmacy now since uh, 1995. Uh, primarily in community setting, but I, at least that's where I've spent most of my career. I've worked in very rural parts of Kentucky all the way to the inner cities. I also have practiced in hospital pharmacy, uh, home infusion pharmacy, uh, clinics, and currently practicing in long-term care. And one of the things that I've noticed in every practice setting that I've been in is that uh, People tend to just keep getting sicker and sicker and sicker, despite the uh, pharmaceutical drugs that they're put on to manage their disease. It just doesn't seem to ever fix the problem. And that's something I've never been comfortable with. I mean, I've had customers that would start with me early in my career when only had be on one prescription drug. Uh, they really wouldn't know much about the drug, why they're taking it, what it's supposed to do for them. They just knew the doctor told them they had to take it and that they'd probably be on it for the rest of their life. Uh, now, fast forward to today and in, in long-term care, I'm seeing some of those same patients now in uh, the nursing home setting. And these, these folks are on 15, 20, sometimes as many as 25 different pharmaceutical drugs now. And it's all because the healthcare system has been managing their disease all these years. They've never been working on ways to uh, teach the folks how to uh, recover from the disease, how to uh, uh, eliminate, you know, improve, improve their life, improve their lifestyle. <laughs> so gradually these prescription drugs uh, uh, address the symptoms of the disease. And then uh, some of these prescription drugs cause other side effects, which then we take more prescription drugs. So it's, it's a, uh, a nonstop uh, circle there. Uh, it's like a snowball moving down the mountain. You know, it starts out small with that one prescription, and by the time they, they reach their senior years, the, the, the years when they're supposed to be enjoying their life, uh, they have a very poor quality of life and are on uh, a, a mountain of prescription drugs. And that's where Dr. Wallach and I uh, came together. Uh, many years ago, I came across Dr. Wallach. I, you know, I thought this was some crazy guy. Hearing him on the radio, you know, he's just talking about all these crazy things. Like he's going to treat you like a dog, but you're going to get better. He tells was telling people that they got to take a pig pack or a, a duck pack. And it's like, this guy's just absolutely nuts. But as I researched more and more in the, the field of, it's called, it's called orthomolecular nutrition. It's the study of using nutrition, especially supplementation, to help the body repair itself. And Dr. Wallach and I both uh, agree that our bodies are divinely designed, that if you give the body all the 90 essential nutrients that it needs, that you keep all the bad stuff out of your diet, then you're going to live a long, healthy, disease-free life. And that's where we are today. Uh, Dr. Wallach's a biomedical research pioneer. He's considered the founder of liquid vitamins and nutrition, uh, minerals rather. He's earned a bachelor degree in agriculture uh, where he studied animal husbandry and has a minor in field crops and soils. Uh, he also holds a doctorate of veterinary degree uh, where he has uh, since done three postdoctoral fellowships uh, studying and observing uh, the effects of individual nutrients 
on the lifestyle, the, the longevity of animals. Uh, he has used the, the research to uh, get a grant where he was able to uh, do over 17,000 autopsies on animals and 3,000 autopsies on humans for comparison. And out of that research came a book that's in the Smithsonian Institute, The Diseases of Exotic Animals. And what he discovered during this research is that every disease, uh, everything that and these animals were dying from and the humans in comparison uh, wasn't related to uh, pollution or, or something like that. Uh, if they died of what was considered natural causes, then what it ended up being was uh, different nutritional deficiencies causing different diseases that these animals died from. Uh, and, and he was able to extrapolate that to humans as well. Uh, he went on to become a researcher for NASA through the Yerkes Primate Center. Uh, he's done uh, uh, research projects across the African continent with the wildlife where he uh, helped save the rhino, the white rhino from extinction. He's traced the, uh, tracked the uh, migration habits of elephants across the African continent. Uh, and since, you know, from that time and because of all the research he gathered with these uh, animal research studies uh, where he's proven different uh, nutrients would extend the life of these animals, he was able to eventually uh, go to China and do another research project where he was studying uh, the premature deaths and the premature births of uh, babies in a certain region of China. And I'll let him tell you more about that in just a second. But it was all this information that he was coming across and all these research, all these autopsies he was doing was just proven one thing. And it's that we're not getting the nutrition we need in the foods that we eat. And we're not supplementing for the most part with the correct nutrients in order to replace what we're not getting in the food. And on top of that, the basic American, basic Western diet is horrible. Uh, we're, we're to the point now where we eat so much processed foods that we really don't even know what we're getting when we eat. And the uh, you know field crops that we do consume on our own, even, even when they're organic, uh, they don't have the nutrients in them that they had 50 years ago. And that, that's what we want to uh, talk about today. We want to talk about the good foods and the bad foods, uh, why you're not getting the nutrients, uh, what you need to be doing. But before that, I'm going to let Dr. Wallach talk for a minute and bring us up to date on the way things, uh, how things are going in the world today. How are you, Dr. Wallach? Okay. Hello. Hello, Pharmacist Keith. Uh, uh, thank you so much for the kind introduction as usual. And, uh, you know, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. You've got it rigged and, and so forth. And so I really, really appreciate you. Now, I want to point out, and I've said this several times before, but it's worth reiterating, um, the, the most dangerous place on earth is American hospitals. The most dangerous place on earth is American hospitals. The Center for Disease Control came out. Uh, it's now about a month and a half ago. And they said the number one cause of death in American hospitals each year annually, and this is a 10 year average is 611,405. The number of uh, second cause of death in American hospitals is cancer, 584,881. The third leading cause of death in American hospitals annually, and this is a 10 year average, 250,000, is medical errors, doctor errors. Now, how many businesses could stay in business? If they're killing 250,000 of their customers in their workplace, how come doctors are still being able to practice 
without a major, major cataclysmic change in what they're doing and not doing, okay? And then the CDC came out and said, only 10% of medical errors are reported. So that 250,000 represents 2.5 million medical errors, according to the um, uh, CDC, Center for Disease Control. This is very, very scary stuff. Okay, now, again, the metabolic syndrome sets you up for all this, and that's because we have a problem. At any rate, this is what you were looking for, okay? Um, we Americans do a lousy job of eating, and of course, our food has its problems. I have to appreciate that we were doing better before the advent of electricity. It all changed at three o'clock in the afternoon, Monday, September 4th, 1882 on Pearl Street in New York City in the bluff overlooking the construction of the Brooklyn Bridge when uh, Thomas Edison and Jonathan Leaves pulled the switch in the first commercial electric generating plant. Within 20 years, they had 40 new diseases nobody ever seen before, and they just quickly blamed it on bad genes, genetic diseases. Okay. And so uh, to drop down uh, closer to what we're talking about here today, um, I want to talk about a Chinese study that was just published a couple of days ago. They said eating fried food, they said eating fried foods increases your risk of heart disease, uh, diabetes, um, cancer, including lung cancer, breast cancer, bladder cancer, stomach cancer, esophageal cancer, colon cancer, and so forth. Okay. And so your choices set you up for a very bad thing. And the cancer rate in this study in China was 27 to 38, depending on the type of cancer, 27% to 38% uh, of the uh, deaths uh, in the study were caused by cancer. And these are people eating fried foods. There's no doubt about it that fried foods are a mess and they taste good, they will hurt you. And so you wanna stay away from the fried foods. And it doesn't matter which oil you're frying in. Is there a good oil to fry in? No, it's like saying, well, is there a safe bullet to shoot yourself in the head with? Uh, no. Um, well, my I have copper jacketed bullets. Is that safe to shoot yourself with? No. Well, the lead won't be touching. Well, it doesn't matter. It's still projectile. It's still a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought up oils because, you know, oils, you know, you just talked about what happens to them when you heat them up. But just in general, oils oxidize, correct? Over time, oils will oxidize, kind of like iron rusting, same principle. And uh, oxidized oils, let's say you're using a salad dressing that's been sitting in uh, your icebox for a couple of months and you know, you know, you're kind of harvesting stuff out of your garden and you wanna use the salad dressing and put it on your salads. It's been in your refrigerator for a month or two. Those oils have oxidized and they're very, very dangerous chemicals at this point. Uh, they will cause all kinds of things. And of course, if you're eating gluten at the same time, you're really in trouble because you got the gluten damage in your intestines, you got the oil, oxidized oil damage to your intestines and your bone marrow and so forth. And so this is very scary stuff when you realize what's going on. And I really, really want people to get our newest tools. Um, let's see here. Uh, the health crisis in the church is CD number one. CD number two is health crisis in the church in America. And those two CDs together make a set. Okay. And then, of course, uh, the one uh, that uh, Miss Linda Tyler and, and Pastor Mike Freeman and I did, it's a CD and a DVD, Praise the Lord and Pass the 90. And then you and I did one called Dr. Wallach's, um, let's see here, Laws of Photosynthetic Disruption and Global Warming. That's actually the soundtrack off of a, um, 
Zoom that we did. And of course you have the CD, which is really a beautiful thing. It's called, um, let's see here, um, the morning, red morning light, the CD. And so I really, really appreciate that one. So people need to get all these tools and share with their family. And they're gonna add 25 to 50 healthy years of life. If they listen to the sort of warnings here, eliminate the bad stuff, take the 90 essential nutrients, give your body what it needs to do, all the good chemistry, and you can add 25 to 50 healthy years of your life. If you don't proactively and aggressively do these things, you're gonna be giving up 25 to 50 healthy years of your life. That doesn't sound very good. No, it doesn't. Let's see, uh, on the same topic, you know, fried foods uh, uh, form acrylamides, which are also kept carcinogenic. And the same thing happens when you burn red meat. Is that correct? That's correct. And of course, when you, when you burn red meat, it's burnt and you're burning the fat, especially. And um, acrylamides, um, again, damage your bone marrow. Uh, so you can't respond to a bug when it shows up. So your immune system is not functioning. And so, you know, the, uh, the American diet is very, very bad. Um, people, when they say to a doctor, shouldn't I be taking some vitamins and minerals? The doctor should, says, nah, you're wasting your money on vitamins and minerals. Just eat well, you get everything you need. You know, do the four food group thing, do the seven food group pyramid, you'll be fine. Well, any doctor who says that should be put in jail as a mass murderer, okay? Because, because they're killing thousands of people every year with that false message. Absolutely. So these bad foods and good foods that we're talking about today, folks, you can find on the website, givedoc90days.com. That's givedoc90days.com. There's all kinds of good information on there. Uh, there's a, a whole page dedicated just to that topic alone. So let's move on to uh, preservatives like nitrates and nitrates. Can you tell okay. us a little bit about what, what those are and what they do? Well, they're primarily used in, in um, meats, uh, processed meats like ham and bacon and, and again pastrami and pepperoni and that kind of stuff and uh, they pr they create an environment where bacteria and viruses and things can't grow and so it prevents the meat from being decomposed by bacterial and viral um, propagation and so forth which is what causes things to go bad and rot and decompose mm -hmm. and so it's one of those things where um, you have to Watch in the old days, um, you know, they, they would do things like um, they would dry meat and call it jerky. It was just salt on top of the meat. Now that was fine. Salt on top of dried meat was fine. Yeah, and they used to smoke meats too to preserve yeah. it. Yeah, not like a cigarette, but they would hang it over. Right. And, and they would, and the smoke would act as kind of a preservative. And those were safe, but those are too primitive, you know, for the modern people. So they want to really jump in there and get a hold of all this really stuff and of course um ham would get pale and all that kind of stuff when it's stored over time so they liked that pink color that was caused by by the um uh, artificial preservatives um with the nitrates in it and of course nitrates are fertilizer that's what farmers fertilize their crops with is nitrates and so it's just fertilizing the growth of the bugs um and so it was one of those things where it was a bad choice so let's talk about your favorite topic and uh, one of the big bad foods that's on your list. It's grains. Okay, well, let's go back again to 1882 when we switched over from uh, wood stoves and fireplaces and fire pits to electricity. 
within 20 years, uh, pretty much everybody in America and most of the European world had switched over to electricity and there was no more wood ashes. Well, wood ashes has been used for thousands of years and still in primitive countries today, they use wood ashes as a fertilizer for their garden because wood ashes are 98% minerals that the tree had sucked up out of the ground and only two or 3% carbon, all right? And of course, um, they would take the wood ashes and put them in their gardens and then the vegetables would suck up the minerals and um, you would eat the vegetables and you'd get those minerals. Now, when it comes to grains of eating, you know, like we'd give cattle and, and uh, beef cows and dairy cows and sheep and chickens and pigs and horses and stuff like that, um, people started getting obese by the year 1900, okay? Remember, 18 years earlier, we just got electricity. Well, in, in 20 years, suddenly now people are getting obese. They're 25 to 50, 100 pounds overweight. They're going to their doctors. The doctor says, well, what are you doing? I don't know, I just can't stop eating. I'm hungry and I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating. I'm still, I eat and I eat and I eat. I eat 10 meals a day and I'm still hungry. Well, you have to stop eating uh, red meat, stop eating meat, and I want you to eat, go to vegetables. No, I take that back. I tell, I'm telling you to go to grain, just eat whole grains. And so people started eating whole grains. Well, the, the whole grain that was the cheapest and most available was corn and wheat. Well, here comes the gluten and the wheat and then the oats and the rye whiskey and, and the beer made out of wheat and so forth and so on. Um, and the crust for the pizza made out of wheat. And then they had, uh, let's see here, um, French toast and oatmeal for breakfast. And it was just all these grains. And this is why obesity has occurred in America. And it's called the metabolic syndrome. And they want to blame it on you. No, it's blamed on the doctors who told everybody to drop eating meat and go to eating more grains and become like a steer in the feedlot and get fatten up and go to the market. Okay, that's what they were telling people to do. And people are still doing that because grandma did it. But grandma was still putting wood ashes in the garden. We didn't have electricity till I was nine. We were still putting that. My job every morning was to take the wood ashes out of the stove and put them in the garden. I also had to leave about a pint of the wood ashes in the house every day. So grandma would put them into our food every day. So we were getting our minerals every day. And of course, nutritional minerals do not occur in a uniform black around the crust of the earth. They occur in veins like gold and silver. And so that's why you can be eating the same thing that somebody else is eating at the other end of the country. And they're living 20, 30 years longer than you, not because of genetics, but because they're getting minerals because they live in a place with lots of minerals in the soil. And you're getting your food from a place that don't have lots of minerals. And, and you have to appreciate plants only need NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, those three elements for maximum yields. And farmers get paid by tons per, per acre. Farmers do not get paid by um, uh, just looks, okay? And so no matter how good something looks, if it doesn't have the minerals in it, the plant was happy because it only needed three. You need 60. And so you could be 57 short and eating well, quote unquote, and then die of a heart attack, die of kidney failure, die of liver cirrhosis, die of a stroke. Uh, die of a ruptured aneurysm. And these things are, are absolutely preventable because they're all nutritional deficiency diseases. Okay. So now, you know, we're talking here about, you know, the, the uh, metabolic uh, syndrome, the, the, right. The uh, deficiency of the minerals in this grain, which causes you to eat more and more and more of it. But uh -huh. let's talk, a, 
let's talk. There's another piece there. The gluten That's, is in the. Yeah, grain. I want to get to that. So you're you're talking about wheat, barley, rye, and oats. And oats. That's right. So let's talk about gluten and its issues. Okay. Well, gluten has a chemical in it uh, that actually kills the villi, the little finger-like projections in your intestine that increase your um, absorptive surface in your small intestine by 98%. Uh, when you open up an intestine during surgery or during an autopsy, you see those finger-like villi in there. They're, they're about, oh, anywhere from a half inch to an inch long. And uh, it makes, again, makes your lining of your intestine look like a shag rug. If it looks like a plastic tube, you're in trouble, okay? Because you've lost 90% of your absorptive surface because of the gluten. It actually literally kills those villi. And this is why three-year-old kids, when they get to COVID, they get minor co common cold-like symptoms because they've only been eating gluten for a couple of years. They still have maybe 75 or 80% of their villi in their intestines. All right. But by the time, you know, after three days of common cold-like symptoms, uh, they've got an antibodies against the COVID virus and they go back to school and there's nothing wrong with them. They're good to go. They got antibodies against it. Now you get somebody who's like in their 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, and they've been eating gluten for 25 years or more. Their intestines are all dead. They cannot absorb the nutrition, even if they were supplementing, and most of them don't supplement, so they're not supplementing. Their intestines are dead. They're just eating food, and they're only getting three nutrients instead of 90. And so that's why there's such a heavy impact in the adult population when they get to COVID. And now we got this... Um, um, hybrid between the COVID and the Omicron. I'm very, very nervous about that. And of course you have to appreciate very simple things wipe out populations. Um, the most successful animals ever uh, were, the, were the trilobites. They had 25,000 successful species of trilobites and they were wiped out over 400 million years ago by hypoxia, no oxygen, okay? Because the glaciers at that time dammed up the flow of surface water and dammed up the flow of minerals to the algae that are providing oxygen for the coral polyps, which made, okay, which made the um, um, trilobites happy. Then came the dinosaurs, the last dinosaur, and there they had 1,200, 1,200 successful species in the dinosaurs. They had 2 billion dinosaurs on earth and the last one died 65 million years ago. Same reason, all the, all the glaciers dammed up all the minerals and the food and surface water going to the algaes and the plankton and the swamps and lakes and rivers and so forth, no more oxygen. All, of, all the dinosaurs died of hypoxia. Now we have the dead zones, 401 dead zones, same principle. Uh, in India, which has the biggest dead zone in the Arabian Sea, 66,700 square miles of dead zone in the Arabian Sea. And that's because there's 10,000 glaciers in India. I said, what? 10,000 glaciers in India. Yeah, well, I forgot that the northern mm -hmm. border of India is the Himalayan mountains, all those yeah. glaciers. Yeah, you never think about that. And then they have, each one has two to four moraines, which are the dams they create and shut off the food supply to the Arabian Sea. Now we have the second largest dead zone in the um, Gulf of Mexico, okay? And there's 6,300 square miles of dead zone. That's because we've dammed up the Mississippi River, the Missouri River, and all the tributaries, which had carried the silt and all the minerals down into the um, Gulf of Mexico, shut that off. So there's no more nutrition going in there. And that's why they're all dying. And now we have the reefs are dying, including the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. The northern 25% of the 1,400 mile long uh, reef, the Great Barrier Reef, is okay. The southern 25% is okay, but the middle 50% 
is dying because they made 183 dams to block you know the flow of water for hydroelectric for irrigation for water storage and also it dammed up all the flow of the minerals uh, which was giving the um uh the great barrier reef what it needed in the middle to you know keep the reef alive and going and so that's why the reef is in trouble because of the dams that the Australians have made again for human needs. And so there's this thing going on that's very obvious now. And of course, you've heard me say this on many, many shows a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, that we're next. The trilobites are gone. The um, dinosaurs are gone. We have the dead zones, the reefs are dying. And we've started now, if you think about it, we go back to 1900, and the Spanish flu, 1918, 1919, suddenly now every couple of months, we got a new flu or a new pandemic. Uh, we had the swine flu, the Asian flu. Um, we had the H1N1, H2, H2, uh, SARS, MERS, COVID-2, COVID-19. And now we have the Omicron and now we have the combination of the COVID-19 and the Omicron. And it's killing us faster and faster and faster and I, I can imagine how the dinosaurs felt at that point. Yeah, some of the things I came across when I was looking at some research on gluten, uh, like Dr. Wally said, it's it's found in wheat, barley, and rye, and, and oats. oats. Um, and I oats mean, is it, called gliadin. It's called yeah, gliadin. It's, and even it says even in wheat and barley, it has both uh, gluten and gliadin in, a, in it. Mm -hmm. uh, there is... Let me find it again. There is gluten in corn and rice, but it says the gluten that's found in corn and rice is not does not cause sensitivity problems in, in human beings. So when you're looking at labels, if you see a label that says it has corn gluten in it, that's okay. You're safe with that. Uh, what, what they're specifically talking about is the glutens that are found in wheat, bar barley, rye, and oats. Yeah, and these four uh, grains are called the hard grains, H-A-R-D, mm -hmm. hard grains. So you're st I'm starting to see things that say they had corn gluten in it, and I really did not realize that it, it is a, a, a different thing. Chemical, yeah. Yeah, different chemical. Uh, what I found interesting is the, all these imitation meats that they're coming out with now, their primary protein in these meats is wheat gluten because oh, they, can, <laughs> they can soak it in broth to get the meat taste. And when it soaks in broth, it also becomes the same consistency as meat. So that's what they're using as the primary thing in, in these uh, 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 imitation meats. So you've really gluten got, alert. To, yeah, you've alert. Really got to look at this. I mean, the fact that it's imitation should be scary enough, but uh, you know, we live in a strange world these days. Uh, also, gluten is found in beer and soy sauce, and it's used as a stabilizing agent in a lot of unexpected food products like ice cream and ketchup. And sometimes because the percentage of gluten is, is low that you're not gonna find it on the label. You know, when it comes to labeling, you've got to be over a certain percentage on foods before they make it mandatory to be added to the label. Uh, also, a lot of pet products now 
they're using gluten to enhance the protein content of the pet foods. So you have to read the label. And the pet industry is doing a pretty good job with uh, uh, listing those things on the labels. I remember, you know, 20 years ago, if you looked at a, a pet label, it only told you the crude protein content and that type of thing. But now they actually break down what they're putting in it, just like they do on human food. Now, I often hear you talk about baked potatoes and yams and sweet potatoes and on the bad food list if you cook them a certain way. Yeah, if you fry them, that's bad, obviously. Also, if you overheat them uh, and you're talking about, for instance, mashed potatoes are safer than baked potatoes because you've taken the, the skin away from it, okay? And a lot of people like to eat the skin from potatoes, um, especially if they're kind of crispy and so on. And so- That's when they're crispy is when they're the problem. That's right. That's when they're really dangerous. So now there is- a boiled potato with the skin on it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boiled, boiled sweet potato, boiled uh, white Irish potato. Those are okay to be boiled. Um, that's how we used to have them when, when I lived on the farm. That's how we had them. We'd have them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner at certain times of the year when they when we were harvesting them. And then the rest of the year, you'd have you know two a week or something like that. You're trying to string it out so you'd have some for a while. And they also they start sprouting. Their little plants come out of the eyes of the potatoes, and mm -hmm. the little vines would start coming out of there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, another biggie in the bad food list is sugar, and um, primarily because a lot of cancers uh, are fed by sugar, but also because of the issues it causes with the uh, uh, pancreas and uh, your kidneys and liver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, sugar, of course, requires a lot of nutrition to metabolize and to utilize and to convert it into other things. And so if you're missing all those nutrients, uh, the sugar turns into bad stuff, okay, which actually then damages you. And so sugar is potentially a very, very, very bad thing. Now, you know, a half a teaspoon of sugar and a cup of coffee every morning is probably not going to hurt you. But if you're eating sugar, uh, with every meal, that's going to hurt you. Now, I, I like uh, the sugar-free and the gluten-free ice creams. You can, you can buy sugar-free and gluten-free ice creams. And, you know, they tend to be the chocolate ones and things like that that give you a taste because you're not getting sugar in there and you're not getting gluten in the ice cream. And I eat about, a, would say, a third of a pint of ice cream every night for my dinner. I'll have, um, I don't know, four or five, six ounces of red wine and a little red wine glass uh, for dinner. And the other day, somebody gave me, which I never had before, a bottle of um, champagne cognac. Okay, it's 40% alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so I only drink about a quarter of an inch or a half inch in the wine glass of it. I don't want more than that quarter of an inch or a half inch. And that doesn't get me goofy or anything like that. Um, but we're regular red wine, which has 10, 12, 13, 14% alcohol. I'll drink maybe say three or four ounces of that wine uh, at dinner. And so, you know, you don't have to have a boring life without mm -hmm. gluten. You don't have to have a boring life um, because you can have pancakes, but make the pancakes out of something you, you, that you can eat like again, corn and rice and that kind of stuff. I eat a lot of wild rice. I eat a lot of wild rice, I eat a lot of sweet potatoes. Those are my two biggest sources of um, carbohydrates. 
And, um, you know, the grandkids love it. Oh, I do eat uh, gluten-free pizza. The crust is made out of, um, let's see here. Cauliflower, mm. right? Yeah, cauliflower is one of them. Uh, there's another one. I think they have a rice one, but cauliflower, I think cauliflower is the most common. And But it has four cheeses in it. It's got like eight different vegetables. And I'll add steak or hamburger or lamb chops or maybe even some sardines or I might even, they're packed in water, not oil. But I might also put some smoked uh, Alaska salmon on top of my gluten-free pizza and so forth. And so the grandkids just think, boy, granddad, he really eats good. And they love to come over here and have pizza with me on Friday night and everything. They don't, they don't know what I'm doing to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people out there that uh, are negative on uh, dairy. So can you address that? Okay. Yeah. What's the first food that all mammal vertebrates, you know, whether you're a wombat or a kangaroo or a whale, or a rhinoceros, or, or an elephant, or a giraffe, or a human being, or a horse, or a dog, or a cat, uh, or a buffalo, um, any mammal vertebrate, what's the first food of the babies? Yeah, it's milk, of course. Milk, okay. So the good Lord made milk to be the safest, most nutritious food for newborn mammal vertebrates. And so anybody who thinks milk is bad needs to be put in an insane asylum. Okay, because 75% um, of your brain weight is cholesterol and 95% of your testosterone and estrogen is cholesterol. So you want milk, you want butter, because those have everything in it that God wanted you to have as a growing baby. Now, we do put um, our 90 cents of nutrients. We have a kid's toddy, which we use for kids. Okay, it's a liquid multiple. Okay as almost the 90 cents of nutrients, doesn't have the um, EFAs. So you got to give them the EFAs, the soft, um, soft gel capsules. You just puncture the soft gel capsules and, and put them in um, their uh, drink, you know, like Infamil, Similac kind of thing. If the baby's going to right away going to be on the, those artificial milk replacers. If the mother is breastfeeding the baby, she should be taking her supplements uh, in extra amounts so that the, it goes through the baby. It's uh, April 16, 2013, we forced them to put these nutrients in there. And I've been trying to get that done for 25 years. And the medical doctor said, oh, don't put those vitamins and minerals in the baby formulas. They'll kill the babies or poisonous. But it took me a federal court uh, win, <laughs> uh, April 16, 2013, to force uh, Infamil and Similac, to force the FDA to force Similac and Infamil to put them in there. Right. And so... I also like the cherry mints for these kids. Cherry mints, um, the kids toddy, which has the the uh, dosage chart on the back label, and then the EFAs. Those three things: EFAs, kids toddy, and the cherry mints for kids. If they're newborn, or you know any age along the way, uh, you're going to give them these nutrients that they like it. And of course, the kids toddy is made with orange juice and and lime juice and stuff like that, and lemon juice, so they, they like the flavor. Let's talk a bit too about some of the alternatives to milk that people are using now. I mean, uh, soy formula is a big one for kids. Oil alert, oil alert, oil yeah, alert. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to say, because soy is a plant. And what they're really squeezing out of the plant to get the, the liquid is an oil. Isn't it the same thing on almond milk and all these that's, other plant-based milks? That's, that's correct. Uh, any uh, plant oils... Okay, when they call it milk, when was milk supposed to be bad? Why did they name it after milk? <laughs> right. Okay, 
But yeah, all these oils, whether it comes from nuts, and now if you want olive oil, the best way to do that is pull the olive off the tree and eat the olive. Mm -hmm. Now, if you get a bottle of olive oil that's been sitting in the warehouse for a year in the heat, 120 degrees, then comes sits on the shelf in the grocery store for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, and then you use it in your cooking, you're in trouble because it's already oxidized. The oil has oxidized already and become very dangerous substances to cause cancer and other diseases. Yeah, I suspect that, uh, you know, some of these studies that came out early on on the Mediterranean uh, type diet where they used olive oil, you know, they were looking at people in the region where the oils were, the olives were grown and they're getting them and consuming them a whole lot faster than what we consume them here. You know, by the time they get here, they've been pressed and in that packaging already for probably months before they mm -hmm. come to our grocery shelf we're over there they're fresh pressing it themselves so you know it, it's not had time to uh form the dangerous oxygen, oxygen. Yeah. you mm -hmm. know it's going to oxidize a little bit because everything is supposed to oxygen does but it's not you know it's fresh so that, that they have different results on the uh, mediterranean diet there than they did over here okay so that's about it on the bad foods uh Let's talk a bit about nuts, uh, you know, nuts, uh, tree nuts. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to talk about politicians. Yeah, well, that's, a <laughs> that, that's for a different podcast. But uh, tree nuts, uh, you know, in, in general, they're good, but they're, there's one thing you need to, to be concerned with in nuts, uh, also uh, seeds, beans, spinach, peas, lentils, legumes, is they have phytates in them. Phytates is not a problem for us, but it is a problem when you're supplementing with minerals because the phytates bind. Yeah. They act like a magnet and the minerals stick to the phytates and your body can't absorb them. So if you're eating these types of foods, you need to make sure you're taking your minerals, you know, two hours before or two hours after it. Yeah. I'm sure the phytates are acting like glutens. Yeah, and in general, they're not harmful to us. It's just uh, they help, I mean, they help prevent proper absorption of some food, some nutrients. Okay, now let's talk about peanuts because peanuts technically are not a nut. They're not grown on a tree. They're grown underground. Uh, what is the, the danger with peanuts? Okay, the danger to this in the veterinary. Oh, yeah. Well, the danger with peanuts is that they grow under the ground, as you said, and they get wet and they get fungus in them and they're a big, big, big cause of cancer. A lot of the fungus, fungi that cause cancer uh, grow on peanuts. And there's a big thing going on uh, where people were dying of liver uh, cancer and so forth. And it was a big, big outbreak uh, during the 1940s. And it was traced to these fungi growing in the peanuts that uh, cause liver cancer. And so uh, it was also happening in animals and so forth. And so when they, they shifted away from the peanuts and the animal foods, it stopped all the liver cancer. Now you ran across this with uh, bears in the zoo, correct? Mm -hmm. That's right. The bears in the zoos all over the world were dying of liver cancer. And uh, Marlon Perkins, the old Mutual Omaha Wild Kingdom show, he, he picked me up from the airport when I came back from Africa. And he said, I got two questions for you. I goes, yes, sir. He says, uh, all the bears in the world and the zoos are dying of liver cancer and the, the geneticists are saying it's a genetic thing in bears and when they die out in the wild, we don't know it because the coyotes eat them before we find them. And I said, no, sir, it's caused by 
them eating, you know, peanuts with fungus on them. So I suggest that we switch them all, all the bears need to be switched over to uh, dry dog food. And they did and immediately stopped the liver cancer pandemic in all the bears and the zoos. The second one was uh, the whales and the porpoises and dolphins in the Shedd Aquarium in Chicago uh, were all dying of congestive heart failure. And I said, well, what are they feeding them? Well, they're feeding them whole fish. I said, okay, are they with fish? Well, they're giving them uh, sardines and uh, that kind of stuff. I said, okay, are they giving them any vitamins and minerals? No, they're just feeding them whole food so they don't give any vitamins and minerals. Well, uh, congestive heart failure is caused by a deficiency of vitamin uh, B1, thiamine. So what I want you to do is change the type of fish to herring and then put two or three of our big heavy duty um, multiple vitamins with a vitamin B1 in them and in the mouth of those fish you're feeding the dolphins and the whales and stuff. But I also want you to just get some thiamine and put about five to 10 of those in each of the mouths of the fish that you're feeding them. And it ended the congestive heart failure deaths in all of the uh, whales and dolphins in, and porpoises uh, in the shed aquarium. Okay, so let's get to the, some of the good foods. Uh, eggs, because a lot of doctors are telling you that eggs are bad for you. So why are you giving us totally different answer on eggs than the medical system? Well, the medical system is ignorant of nutrition, is a kind way of saying it. Um, eggs, um, I want you to think of an egg. The rooster fertilizes the eggs by mating with the hen. And in 28 days, that egg pumps out a um, chick. Now, if you crack that egg open, as soon as it's laid, it has a yolk and a white spot, you know, about a millimeter in diameter on top of it. That's the chick, okay? And then the white of the egg. And then 28 days later, you crack that egg open and there's a full-grown chicken there with a heart and lungs and brain and eyes and liver and kidneys and um, let's see, lungs and muscles and bones. Where did all that come from? All the nutrition that was in that egg, all right? Don't tell me there's not nutrition in the egg. And you have to remember that 95% of the weight of testosterone is cholesterol. 95% of the weight of estrogen and progesterone is cholesterol. 75% of your brain weight is cholesterol. You do not want to give up cholesterol, okay? And well, my doctor says, well, the average lifespan of a, a doctor who works in a hospital is 57 years of age. Uh, why would you want to listen to anything they had to say about health and longevity? So why do you suggest soft-boiled as opposed to hard-boiled eggs? Because I don't want to destroy the, the, the hormones. I don't want to destroy the cholesterol. I don't want to destroy the vitamins. You can't destroy the minerals, but you can destroy the vitamins and the cholesterol and the hormones. I don't want to do that. Okay. So that's all found in the yolk. That's correct. Okay. All right, so let's move on to another of the good foods on your list that the medical community has been screaming about for several decades now, and that is salt. What's wrong with salt or what's not wrong with salt? Well, have you ever heard of the Bible? You ever heard of the Old well, Testament and the New Testament? All they talk about is salt. Okay, that was the first supplement that people actually made and sold they would take seawater and they would evaporate it in the the white powder of salt but it also had all the other minerals and stuff that were in the ocean and the seas and stuff they would sell it uh, because people would use it to preserve their food they would use it to to uh, 
uh, make their food taste better and so forth. But every cell in your body requires sodium chloride to function. Every cell in your body requires sodium chloride. And so uh, anybody who says you should not use salt, you know, use these artificial salts and all that kind of stuff should go to jail for being a mass murderer. No doctor should say that. Okay, so you need salt to uh, make essential stomach nutrients. acid. That's correct. Well, and, and also every cell needs it just for metabolism. Okay, so why is it also important to uh, make sure your salt is iodized? Well, iodine is required by your thyroid gland, okay, to make thyroid hormone. And so this is why we have the um, ocean's gold and the fucoid Z. Uh, they come from two different oceans, but they're made from a similar um, green plants that grow in those oceans. And so I take three of the ocean's gold twice a day, and I take three of the fucoid Z twice a day. And um, I don't have a thyroid problem, but I don't want to have a thyroid problem. Okay. And also it, it has support for the functioning of other cells and tissues and organs in the body. And so, um, th and of course, uh, the reason why doctors jumped on salt is back when people were really, really deficient uh, at the turn of the 20th century, after we got electricity, um, they were really, really in trouble um, with um, uh, edema because they had so much anemia. They were getting, a, 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 they had edema, fluid in their legs and everything. Right. And they'd cut, they'd cut their salt intake and the edema would go away. Okay. Because the salt was, they thought, either causing or aggravating the edema. Well, now you ask a doctor, well, what, what's, what's wrong with salt? Well, it causes heart disease. No, salt doesn't. It's a, what about oxygen? Oh, no, you need that. Well, you need salt just the same way you need oxygen. Well, how long do you need salt? Well, as long as you need oxygen. <laughs> well, there, and, and speaking of the edema, there's really two things wrong causing the edema. Uh, edema is usually caused by not enough protein in the diet. And when you're on a low salt diet, what protein you do get isn't getting broke down properly in the stomach. So you can actually use that protein. Am I correct? That's, right, that's correct. Because the digestive enzymes require an acid environment to work. So all these folks that are trying to tell you to get off of meat altogether and, and get and, off of salt and get off of salt, uh, that leads to the edema problems. That's correct. And they should go to jail. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, are going to get a little bit off the topic here, but a lot of people are concerned about organic versus non-organic. And you and I both agree on this topic as well. Uh, whether it's organic or not, you're not getting the nutrients. So what, 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 can you explain that a little bit more? Expand on that. Yeah. Well, you get an A plus for instance, Keith, you get an A plus on that one. Okay. Because organic has nothing to do with the nutritional value of the, of the food. Nothing to do with the nutritional value. Organic just means it wasn't sprayed with chemicals. Right. Which is still a good thing. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing organic. But I'm but, saying if you're eating but, organic and spending all that extra money thinking you're getting more nutrition, no, you're not. That's correct. You are not. Okay. So one last topic I want to talk about when it comes to the good foods is uh, oxidants, antioxidants of the food. Uh, and there is a scale that, that they use 
to measure the amount of oxygen oxygen radical absorption capacity. It's the ability of the food to produce uh, uh, to get rid of the free radicals in your yeah, the, the your, auric your, points. Right, it's called an auric score. Mm -hmm. So, when it comes to fruits and so forth, what are the best to be looking for when it comes to high uh, auric scores, high antioxidant uh, uh, properties? Well, you're looking at citrus fruits, uh, you know, uh, and things like um, beets and turnips, those things, beets and turnips and citrus fruits are your best sources of auric points. And uh, dark berries? You no, know, berries, yes. Okay, so you, you, you don't want to go and get the plump grapes that we find in a grocery store today. Uh, you want to get the small grapes because you've got more, there's less sugar and more oxidant, antioxidants in those. And you want to be in the store, you want to be in the store when they're unloading the truck. That's when you want to get them. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> when I was a kid, you didn't have these grapes that are almost the size of a golf ball like you have now. So these grapes have been bred to produce more sugar, so they're tastier. But at the same time, now you're getting too much sugar and you're not getting enough of the uh, benefits from this, the skin uh, because, you know, you got the ratio of the skin to the amount of sugar is, you know, way off. Uh, when you get the smaller ones, you have a higher ratio of skin to the sugar. So you're getting more of the antioxidants from the skin. Uh, you know, we, we all know mm -hmm. about the uh, uh, grape skin, uh, you know, that, that's what the properties from uh, quercetin. Yeah. yeah, quercetin. And that's the same properties in wine because you're smashing the grapes and, and sque squeezing all yeah. that into the wine. Okay. Yeah, that's why, yeah, wine has, you know, a great value. It goes back to the old Bible 3,000 years ago. They were big, heavy wine drinkers. And in the New Testament 2,000 years ago, they were heavy wine drinkers. And they weren't after the alcohol, but it was a way of preserving those grapes for six months to a year or more. And so that's why they, they fermented them into the wine and everything. And it wasn't the alcohol they were after. That just happened to be a kind of an unintended byproduct. But they're really after a storage of a food that was necessary to give them what they needed to survive. Yeah, so some of the foods that are high in ORAC score, which are high in antioxidants, are your blueberries, your raspberries, your blackberries, uh, strawberries, uh, cinnamon, has a high auric score, walnuts, curry, dark-skinned fruits, unprocessed cocoa powder. And I'm, you know, I remember in the past you having a, a lot of discussion on cocoa powder. So can, can you talk a little bit about that? What are the good properties of cocoa? Well, the unprocessed okay, well, dark for, cocoa? Yeah, well, for the forever, people have known for some reason chocolate helped people. Uh, you ate chocolate. Uh, everybody around you got sick during the wintertime and you didn't get sick. They didn't know why, you know, hundreds of years ago, they just knew the chocolate had something in it. And so this is, you know, it had lots of auric points in it. And, um, and we're talking about where, dark, the, you know, the yeah. highest percentage of chocolate, you know, cocoa that's, that you can find in it. That's right. That's exactly right. You want, you don't want, you don't want 50% milk and 50% chocolate. You want hundred percent chocolate. Not that the milk is bad, but you're going for the auric points. You want the chocolate. Yeah, I remember one time me and you were on the road traveling and you had a call from uh, one of your uh, Canadian uh, Indians you know, that lived in the, the mm -hmm. way, at, way out in Canada, way far, far from the yeah. cities. And he was having mm -hmm. an issue at the time, uh, not being able to get his blood pressure down. 
And one of the things that you told him uh, while we were driving is to go to his closest store and buy the highest percent cocoa uh, bar that he could find, you know, and Mm -hmm. I remember he he called back about an hour later because this was a long drive. We were in the car for about three hours that day and he called back about an hour later and uh, his blood pressure had returned to normal. So why why does that happen? Well, a lot of times when you have high blood pressure, your capillaries, your small blood vessels are contracting. And mm-hmm. so the space is smaller, so the pressure goes up. And that's why. And so the, the cocoa relaxes the um, walls of the uh, veins and arteries. So you have more space and that brings the pressure down. So cocoa was one of the first blood pressure controls. That's right. That's correct. Okay. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, when we look at a lot of the prescription drugs today, they, especially some of the older ones, they all have a uh, have their roots in natural medicine. They all come from various plants and uh, uh, proteins and, you know, things that we find in nature. And, you know, what the prescription drug companies do is they try to find the active ingredient in these plants and then put a patent on it figure out a way that they can manufacture it, you know, in a laboratory Mm -hmm. and then put a patent on it and then tell you that the natural things don't work when basically the drug itself is based on those. It's a a copycat. Yeah. Tell us how to reach you. Okay. You can get me at uh, drjwallach.com, www.drjwallach.com. We have all these new tools, CD sets and DVD sets and books and stuff. So, do go there and look around, uh, drjwallach.com, www.drjwallach.com. And we have 15 books. We have 50 DVDs, over 100 CDs. And, um, you know, the bigger quantity you buy, we give you discounts. Okay. Well, uh, you can see Dr. Wallach's radio program, uh, Dead Doctors Don't Lie. It's Monday through Friday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 888 888- Three seven nine two five five two. That's eight 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 three seven nine two five five two. You can get the archive of that radio show by going to radio dot give doc ninety days dot com, and it's ninety with the nine zero. So it's radio dot give doc ninety days dot com. You can also catch him on uh, weekdays, Monday through Friday, from four to five on the Let's Play Doctor Radio Show. Excuse me. And let's play doctor is eight, seven, excuse me. It's eight, seven, seven, nine, one, two, seven, five, two, nine. That's eight, one, seven, nine, one, two, seven, five, two, nine. Also, uh, you can get your free uh, gifts by visiting dddlvideo.com. That's dddlvideo.com. You'll get the dead doctors don't lie. Someone should go to jail health lies and medicine that's a, a a video he sells that dvd on his website but you can listen to it or watch the video there uh absolutely no charge also there's a report there on why so many young athletes die you can get that there as well and print that out you can put your contact information on that and use that as a tool to share with other people that's dddlvideo.com dddlvideo.com and don't forget go visit dr wag's website where you can get uh, all his different DVDs, books, CDs, so forth. Uh, Is Your Doctor Killing You? The Red Warning Light, uh, his new cookbook, 
That's all available by going to the website, uh, drjwallach.com, drjwallach.com. Anyway, it's drjwallach.com. Get your books and CDs. That's where Dr. Wallach, uh, that's how you can support him in his mission uh, financially is through the sale of his books and CDs. Uh, he does not make any money off the sale of the uh, products that he recommends on the program. So go to that uh, website, drjwallach.com, and pick up your books and so forth. Folks, I really appreciate you joining us every week. Uh, it's uh, uh, Go over to my website uh, where you can find all kinds of blog posts and so forth. It's givedoc90days.com givedoc90days.com, all kinds of information on there, including the good food, bad food list, and uh, you know more information about an ORAC score and antioxidants and so forth. There's a lot of information there. And also another good resource is the campaignfornutrition.com website, campaignfornutrition.com. Folks, we'll see you again next week, same time, same channel, 11 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. Pacific time on the Zoom dot campaign for nutrition.com that zoom dot campaign for nutrition.com or you can uh, catch us on facebook as long as uh, facebook uh keeps our page up I, I fear that any day now facebook's going to pull our page down because dr wallach says some controversial things there uh but the facebook page is at facebook.com uh, backslash give doc 90 days that's facebook.com backslash give doc 90 days and you spell 90 out 90 out on that one uh, give us a like uh, share all these videos that we do in the past they're they're all found on that facebook page uh, for as long as that page is there so feel free to share any of the information there with your friends i will see you again next week thanks for tuning in to the health and wellness hour with dr joe wallach and pharmacist keith abel if you found value in this episode be sure to like and share also, to be notified when the next episode is posted, click on the subscribe button, then hit that little bell symbol. If you have any questions or comments for Pharmacist Keith or Dr. Wallach, you may send a private email to askpharmacistkeith at live.com or by visiting the Facebook page, Give Doc 90 Days to Better Health, Wellness, and Longevity. To hear more from Pharmacist Keith, subscribe to this Prosperity Rx podcast. Prosperity Rx is your prescription for prosperity. Prosperity is more than just creating wealth. Prosperity includes health and wellness, personal development and motivation, as well as financial peace and prosperity. Subscribe to Prosperity Rx on your favorite podcast platform. To hear more from Dr. Wallach, he has two nationally syndicated radio programs daily, Dead Doctors Don't Lie and Let's Play Doctor. Check your local radio listings for details. Also, check out the archives of his past shows at radio.givedoc90days.com. One last thing, if you'd like to join Dr. Wallach's crusade to share his message with others, contact Pharmacist Keith, and he'll teach you how to share the message and create some extra income at the same time. Contact Pharmacist Keith through his email address, keith at prosperityrx.com, or call or text at 502-212-2929. Remember, Keith is still a practicing pharmacist and can't always pick up the phone right away, so leave your name, number, and best time to call, and he'll return your call as soon as possible. Thanks again for tuning in.